am so glad you found my show because the game is about to change for you. Yes, and is the only mantra you need to amplify the quality of your life. And this podcast is going to show you how. We'll explore high vibe living, entrepreneurship, and how to build habits that last. All through the lens of an improviser. See, the improv mindset keeps you moving forward without a script. And all you have to do is let the words yes and illuminate the path. Okay, did we just become best friends? Well, you certainly found your new favorite podcast. Yes and with me, Judy Holler. Let's do this. This is a Soul Fire production. You're listening to episode 82, brought to you by Advocare. Advocare is on a mission to help you look better and feel better so you can do better. Now, that is my kind of company. And let me tell you, their glow, collagen, and spark are my secret weapons. Head on over to the show notes to learn more. And oh, by the way, get special discounts because you listen to this show. I got my peaches down in Georgia. Odessa. I mean, girl, I cannot get that song out of my mind, by the way. You know how you have like a song that you cannot yes. stop singing? Yes. And that is, that is, that is my jam. Do you have That's one, one in, of mine too? Is it really? I'm like, I'll find myself like midway through the day. I'm like, I got my bitches down in Dodge. I'm like, why <laughs> is it so catchy? You know, the other one Scott's been doing, he's been coming into my office. Like he'll be around the corner. He's a little, my husband's a little bit of a lurker. You know what I mean? Like all of a sudden I'll just be working and I'll just see him like <laughs> just standing by. by and all of a sudden I'll hear, hello, like the Lionel Richie is me. And I'm like, and he'll just go, hello. God, I, I could mean, totally I I see him doing that. I know. Do you have a song that's in your head right now besides peaches now? Um, yeah. Levitating. My sugar boo. <gasps> oh. <laughs> You got you me. me. I want you, got you, baby. My sugar I boo. Da, 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 da. I don't even know what the words are, but all I know is sugar boo. I want you, yeah. baby. Oh, it's such my a good boo. song. Why is it? It's, so it's a hype song. Yeah, it's a hype song. That's how beast. That's how peaches is. It's just oh, a happy yeah. song. It's a that's happy why it gets stuck in your head. song. And I'm here for the Bieber. Okay, guys, we are not here to talk about the beeps. We're talking about some gin and some juice. And welcome back to the Gin and Juice <laughs> series here on the Yes And podcast with me, your host, Judy Holler, and me, Amanda Zaner. Yeah, my tie-dyed co-host. I love that you're rocking some tie-dye. You know, I had a different shirt on this morning and it just was not the right energy and I had to change uh, it. I just was like, something needs to change. I put some oil in, some purify and put some tie-dye on. Some oil, <laughs> essential oil, some tie-dye. I love it. Okay, so that's kind of cool too because I don't know if we've ever opened a gin and juice episode with a card reading. <laughs> okay, so I want you to pick the deck. I just want to do a, okay, so we have Affirminators, guys, and all these will link up in the show notes. These are my, my, some of my favorite cards. We have an Affirminator, okay? We could pull an Affirminator. We could pull a Gabby Bernstein, the universe has your back, or we could pull a little bit more of a serious card, like a work your light Oracle card. What are you, what are you in the mood for today? I'm going to go with the universe has your back. Wow. Okay, cool. You know, I'm glad you picked that one because I haven't done that in a minute. So guys, I'm going to open up the deck. This is a, a card deck by Gabrielle Bernstein, who wrote a book called The Universe Has Your Back and multiple other books, Spirit Junkie, all kinds of stuff. And anyway, this is a really cool card deck that has some of her, um, I don't know, mantras, manifestos. I'm going to give it a couple of shuffles here, AZ. I don't know. I guess, let me, let's just say this. If you're, if you're looking for an answer, if maybe you need a reminder, if you need a little nudge, if you're just looking for some enlightenment in your day, maybe this card is the answer you've been waiting for. And Amanda, I wish I could have you pull a card. So we'll close our eyes, take a deep breath in. And if you're listening, please do this with us. And breathe it out. Okay, I picked right from the middle, Amanda. And I've got a card that says, the key to prayer <laughs> is to forget what I think I need. Mm. The key 
to prayer is to forget what I think I need. What comes up for you when I, when I read that to you? So I just had a conversation with my mom a couple of days ago and we were talking about the fact that we still try to, you know, direct the play every minute of every day that we're mm. trying to control circumstance. Yeah. And she opened a book called Jesus Calling, um, which is kind of a, not a daily meditation book. And it was very, very similar to that. Like you just have to let it go. And <sighs> so that was the first thing that came up is like, you know, for me, like praying is not like, please let me get this thing or please let this business mm. go through. Or it's really like, what is going to be the right thing for me, whether I like the outcome or not. Wow. That's big. You're talking like a true improviser, my friend, uh, <laughs> because <laughs> uh, that is certainly um, such a beautiful and brave way to think and way to be. And it doesn't mean that that's easy, but it's so important. And for me, what comes up, you know, the key to prayer. Okay. And I think, why do I pray? I pray because maybe I'm looking for hope. I'm looking for reassurance. I'm struggling. Usually when I'm praying or I'm deep in prayer and, and honestly, my affirmations every morning are sort of a prayer, right? Uh, sometimes I'm praying for what I want for myself or what I want to be more of or what I'm looking for in my life anyway. And I kind of have goosebumps right now, but the key to prayer, right? The key to hope, the key to uh, living into this human being that you want to become is to really begin to forget about what you think you need because you always have inside of you what you need always. And this is really beautifully aligned with something I need to talk to you about today and where I want to go because for the longest time, I have always thought I needed alcohol to be beautiful. I always thought to feel beautiful, to be confident, to have fun with my friends, to enjoy a baseball game, to be more fun, to be more funny and all of those things and what I'm finding and what I'm so fucking crystal clear on. 201 days in. Woohoo. Yeah, 201 days in that I that I don't that I don't that I don't and that is awesome. So it's it's been fun for me to redefine what I think I need, redefine what I think I need and to find this new human being inside of myself. Um so I love that we pulled that card. Holy it shit. Was the perfect card. Isn't it funny? So I don't know if everybody understands the concept of using cards and the Go first deck that I Beautiful. bought came with this kind of instruction guide. And so it asks you to sit, it asks you to sit and not ask for a specific answer to like, where are my keys? <laughs> Silly <laughs> example, but yeah, uh, you'll get the point more like, am I heading in the right direction? is my intention set well? And you seem to always get the right message from the universe. That's why I love cards like that. And it's so cool that you incorporated that into, into the yeah, podcast. Yeah, it's fun. And you know, I don't do it every episode, mainly because some episodes get meaty and long and we need to get to work and there's so much going on. But if I can, I will. I like doing it on solo episodes. We've never done it. So I'm like, oh, this could be fun for Amanda and I to start doing. Um, but nine times out of 10, like you said, it does give me an answer and there was zero script there. Like we literally, it forces you to sort of lean into the unknown. Like we had no idea what card we were going to pull and we had to respond to that card sort of in the moment. So basically when I pull a card with someone who doesn't know I'm going to pull a card, like Amanda, you basically just improvised. Like it is improv. It is me tricking people into a little bit of improv because we didn't know what was going to happen. And look how beautifully it sort of walked us into the front door of where we want to go today. You know? Yeah. It opened the door to possibility. Oh, and I think we're going to be doing that <laughs> uh, very soon inside the house of and, and actually the doors open today. Okay, so the House of And is officially here and I'm so excited to tell you about it. So what is the House 
of and well it's an improv inspired serendipity driven education and apparel brand that is rooted in all the possibilities that exist when you are brave enough to bet on yourself open new doors and keep moving forward despite your fear. Our mission is to activate both discomfort and joy to inspire more breakthrough moments. Because listen, you got to do the uncomfortable things in order to earn a comfortable life, right? And our core values are improvisation, possibility, and vibrations. Listen, my life dramatically changed in 2008 when I opened the door to an improv classroom at Second City because for the first time in my life, I learned how to bet on myself. The improv mindset not only helped me manage my fear, but it also gave me the tools to beat depression and reduce my anxiety and build confidence and embrace disruption. And our apparel line, the house of and was created out of a deep desire to help you do the same. So I hope that when you rock our collections, our graffiti freestyle collection, our ampersand possibility collection and when you hang out inside the vibe and thrive collection that you are not only telling the world but mostly yourself that you are unstoppable check out the link in the show notes or visit house of and that's h-a-u-s of and.com to learn more all right, so uh, Amanda, let's get into it. Uh, there's a lot to talk about today. For you got, I want, I want to flip it back to you though, really quick. Tell me something good. Tell me something good. I love this question. Tell me. I love good. starting off this way. It's actually sometimes challenging because there are lots of good things. But when yeah. somebody asks you, like, tell me something good, it it really starts things off in a positive way. So mm-hmm. something good that's happened in my life is I've recommitted to my physical health journey mm. in a real legitimate way this time. Cause I've done it like a thousand yeah. times. I've had lots of day ones in my food and weight loss journey, <laughs> yeah. but, um, I rejoined orange theory fitness and I've Yay. gone way more days of the last 45 than I haven't, which is amazing. And this is not an ad, but it's an amazing workout. And it's just reminded me, here's the really good that physical strength is actually how you remind yourself of your mental fortitude. Wow. Yeah. I think I'm so proud of you because I know how hard it is. What, um, has that been the, has that been your favorite awakening with getting back into a routine like this? Cause not a lot of people know this about you. I mean, Amanda used to be in your early thirties, late twenties, a perfect, professional fitness well I wasn't exactly a professional but I was definitely competition fit competition fitness that's what it was yeah and I maintained that for a very very long time and so as I like had a meltdown because my back was hurting again and you know it's all relevant I was like what am I going to do and I live in two cities and my person was like Orange theory seemed to work for you. And it's like having a coach. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. this is the beauty of it. I walk in, I don't even have to think about it. And I have a killer workout and I walk out and start my day. And yeah. so it's been a really beautiful way to start every day. And it's not even been that difficult of an adjustment because my mind was so ready. Yeah. Um, and my body followed, right? Because yeah. motivation comes only with action, as you know, only as you with teach. action. So, oh, I'm um, so happy for you. Thank you. Thank That's you. huge. And so my, my larger question was uh, before I made you sort of go down that weird rabbit hole of like competitive fitness and stuff. I know, I know that journey, um, was really important to you for a really long time. And like anything, even good at, at a point, it got unhealthy for you as well. So do you find being back into this, like training fitness routine that you're, that's the number one thing you've noticed change is like that mental strength, like muscles come to the, does the mind go first? And then the muscles, I I believe that the mind, I believe that you're reminded of what you're capable of because you're physically far more capable of things than you believe you are. And so Uh you see that capability quite differently and the progression happens so quickly. Um, I gave myself real grace and I decided because I battle perfectionism so deeply and it's perfect or nothing, right? It's perfect or fuck it. I'm I'll start over on Monday. And so it was like three days a week, 
If I go three days a week, that is absolute success. And I have stuck myself to that. And even though I've went more, there's a week where that's what it was and it was completely acceptable. So it was really setting a mental boundary with myself of what success would look like and maintaining that regardless yeah. of then it's not, oh, it has to be five days a right. week because I just can't get into failure. Like people yeah. have imposter syndrome. I have failure syndrome <laughs> where I'm like, I quit. I'm not doing yeah. it perfectly. So I'm failing. So oh my it's God. just a mindset. And that's like a beautiful pin that, that, that mindset, because I think that is a good segue to to something I want to talk about today. But yeah, I mean, we can get caught up in that trap of like, oh my gosh, it's not perfect. Mm -hmm. Therefore, I'm not perfect. Or, oh my God, I failed. Therefore, I'm a failure, right? And so, and that's a dangerous place to live. But girl, I commend you. I'm so proud of you. And there is nothing better than finding your thing. Because yeah. whether you are trying to pick up a new habit, put down a habit, you know, finding the thing that works for you is what's important. And like, I always joke, I'm like, I have a Peloton bike down there. That thing has saved my life on, like improv, has saved my life on so many occasions. And I love it. I love spinning. I love it. It's my jam. Um, so I, I really am happy you're, you're back. You're feeling yeah. good. Uh, you're looking good. Because here's the deal. When we feel good and we look good, we do good. And I, I agree. That's I what we need more of in more. the world. Absolutely. You know? Yeah. So, so girl, tell me something good. What's been going on with you? Oh, shit, girl. Okay. You put on your seatbelt. <laughs> Hold on. I just dropped an article. Put on your seatbelt. I got some articles from magazines here we're going to talk about. So I've got something. Okay. Let's just jump off because my something good, I think, is going to be a, a, a cool conversation for us to have. And I want to, and you're, you're not going to be ready for this. Okay. But I had a drink. I had a drink. I had a drink. Okay. And it wasn't that great. I was like, <laughs> all right, that was okay. Like, eh, eh, eh. and then I got back to this and it was, yeah. that was, fucking amazing for me. And instead of me sitting around, I never once was like, oh my God, I had a drink. Oh, I'm a loser. I'm a I was sitting here celebrating myself going, I had a drink and I did not let it turn into drinks or square one or right. like, and I really think, and there's so much we need to unpack here because if Judy had only done a 30 day air quotes, detox. If Judy had only been 90 days away from alcohol, if Judy hadn't walked through, oh my gosh, 201 days of sitting in the discomfort of none of it. I don't think I could have done that. And what was so cool is I did it with my best friends, um, who of course did not encourage me. I just had a girl's weekend over the weekend and I kind of knew going in, I'm like, I may, I might have a glass of wine this week. Like I may have a glass of wine this weekend. Let's see. I mean, will I have a glass of wine with the baby? I'll have a glass of wine. I'm like, if I'm going to have a glass of wine, it's probably good to have a glass of wine with them or my husband. Right. Because then I'm not in a weird situation or whatever. Um, but I never once felt like, Oh, I need to like have 10 drinks or I never, and they did it either. And it was like, we had this for the first time in our friendship, this really wildly sober, basic vacation. And, um, I was really proud of myself. Even I'm sitting here on Tuesday. I haven't had a drink since that glass of wine. And I'm like, I don't even think of, I'm not even thinking about it tonight. We're going out for dinner. I don't, it's like, I don't even, and that is a big moment for me. So I think, there's a lot I, I want to uh, unpack there, but I, it felt safe. I felt ready. And I felt really proud of myself that it didn't have to define how much fun I had that weekend. And because of that, why drink? What, like, I've kind of proven to myself that I really like this more than I ever liked any of that. And I felt like I needed to take a sip of it 
to sort of test myself a little bit. And um, I love my life this way. And if I want to have a drink, great, but I'm going to have a drink if, if it feels conscious, if it feels high vibe, if it feels, but when does it really ever any more than one, you get yeah. really quickly into a place of like, I'm going to feel like shit. And I right? never want to feel like that again. And I never once yeah. felt like that. So I There's did it song. and I survived. Yeah. Good for you. I mean, really good that you had the courage to but I was scared to tell, tell everyone. You. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, scared. Look, we're in two different positions. Yeah. Right. Like this we're is in why two this podcast is important, right? Yeah. And relationship with alcohol. So there, um, there is a couple questions that come to I, mind. I need so you to you ask said, me everything. You said that you and your girlfriends had, had like a sober ish time. Yeah. Right. So did they drink less than they would normally have drank? Yeah. Yeah. And nobody, nobody went over two drinks in any occasion. Yeah. And like on yeah. Saturday, we spent the whole day not drinking. Normally it would have been a pool all day, day drinking. Yeah. None of us drank until we went to dinner at seven o'clock that night. That's when I had my glass of wine. Yeah. And that is insane. Like, right. And this is why, um, and you know, we'll continue this conversation because something that, you know, I know that I'm going to talk about, we societally normalize every, all of this behavior of this. with alcohol, right? Yeah. Every relationship that yeah. people have with alcohol and association of alcohol inside of relationships. And I don't mean relationships, even with other people. I mean, relationships with baseball games, yeah. relationships. Oh with shit. Which we got to talk about that too. That was a shit. Show. Right. Yeah. So yeah. it's just very interesting that as you normalize not drinking, it actually invited other people to not drink too. Yeah. And to definitely think before they picked it up. And right. that is the beauty of it. But here's the thing. I would have never been able to do what I just did this weekend with such control, which was such grace, with such confidence. Um, if I hadn't deeply disconnected from it. Um, and even as I say that to you, I still have to sit back into that pocket of recommitment and what that looks like. It's an ongoing journey because as quick as you can have the first drink, it's as quick as you can get back into these old patterns. So I bring it up because I'm a human and I had a drink, but I'm also a girl who had a drink and is not going to sit here and beat herself up for it. That said, I am not walking through deep recovery from alcoholism, right? And I'm not in that pocket of sobriety like you are. So it is a different journey that said so many people, if they could just do this, yes. like, re like revisit the relationship, get 30, 60, 90, 100 days under your belt, you would start to have a different output. Uh, but it was fun for me to test myself in that way. And it was fun for me to know that I really, eh, I'm good. Yeah. With, I'm good without it. Like, I'm not sitting here like, I, I'm good. I could have drank on the, I flew first class. I could have drank on the plane home. I could have drank on Sunday with my sister. She's like, let's get some Chardonnay. I'm like, no, we're good. I'm good. I'm good. I could have done all that. And yeah. it wasn't even like a hard decision to make. So while I'm bummed, I had a drink. I'm proud that the work is working. You know what I mean? Like I've really gotten enough time away that I feel like I think differently before I, I do it. You know what I mean? That's just my. Yeah. And it's the trade off because yeah. everything comes at a cost, right? Yeah. So whether or not you're an alcoholic or, you know, truly addicted, it doesn't matter because these choices all have a cost. Yeah. And so maybe it's that you gave, you know, tomorrow to last night, right? Like yeah, that's the point. problem, right? Like people drink, they have a great time on Saturday and they kill Sunday. You yeah. get two days off a week and yeah. the days that you can go live your life, you're like recovering because mm -hmm. you partied one night. Like, right. is it worth it? And, and I was listening to a podcast 
And I heard a beautiful quote um, from someone that was talking about the reason that they decided to step away from using substances. Mm. And she said, it was the mid-range mediocrity that I was operating with all the time. And I knew there was more. I just knew I was capable of more. Yeah. Right. And that's what has happened to you. That's what I've witnessed happening. Like mm. you have all of the sudden removed a barrier, oh my removed God. a barrier that took away energy and physical feeling well and just all of it. time, vib- vibration and energy. Yeah. Yes. And so you have accomplished so much Mm-mm. and you've accomplished that, you know, obviously you're one of the hardest working people that I've ever been around. And I've been around some hardworking people <laughs> <laughs> for sure. Oh. But like, it's the fact that you've built a different relationship with yourself. Yes. And, and you've built a different trust with yourself and a different confidence in yourself. And that's the beautiful gifts of, you know, I can look at it as recovery and you could look at it as abstinence, right? That's beautiful. I love that. Yeah. I love that. And thank you. For, this is what's so great about having someone in your life that's just, um, I was, nervous to bring it up on the podcast because I don't (laughs) want to let people down. But I also know if I'm going through that and I have these things and, and, and I want to hide, then other people want to hide. And I will not sit here and lie to you. I will not sit here and lie and say that it's been easy or that, um, you know, I, that I wasn't tempted before. But this time, and it wasn't even tempted. It's kind of like I knew on the plane going there. I'm like, I think I'm going to have a glass of wine. I think I'm going to have a glass of wine. Like I knew I was going to do it, right? I didn't know when, but I knew. And I did it. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to talk about it on the podcast because I'm one of those people who like, my husband's always saying like, why can't you just keep some things to yourself, Judy? Like, why do you have to tell the fucking world that you're walking through something, right? Like, can't you just go on this journey of like, whatever you're trying to get through for yourself with alcohol? Because what is, you know, he doesn't want to see me like fail or publicly embarrass myself or hurt myself or let people down or whatever, embarrass myself. And, you know, here I am, I'm the girl that's like, let's start a podcast series and I'm going to tell the whole world (laughs) that I'm going to try and, you know, you know, redefine my relationship with alcohol. But then I think no, because there's a lot of people that are on this spectrum. There are a lot of people like me and you see the emails, you see the DMs, you see the, the conversations we have from people who listen to this series religiously. And I know it's the right thing. And I want to, I want to talk to the person right now who has been on a journey and has maybe picked up the drink. Um, and I want you to really listen to what I'm about to read to you, because I think this is a beautiful exercise, or maybe you're on the fence and you're thinking, um, do I have a problem? Could I have a problem? Could I make it 30 days? No way could I make it 100 days. No way could I even try, right? So if you're someone who's really looking to redefine, reevaluate, and really listen to yourself in this journey of recommitment to yourself, and most certainly what that looks like as you lay down alcohol specifically, I want to read a couple lines out of an article um, titled, I am no longer afraid of who I am without alcohol, Okay. Someone sent this to me in the mail, one of someone in our community, and I do not know the magazine it was from. She just clipped it and sent it to me. Uh, So thank you very much for sending this article. But I loved that line. I'm no longer afraid of who I am without alcohol because I did that this weekend with my best friends while I had partook in an instance. I loved who I was without alcohol. Ninety. 100% of the time. Right. Um, and I, and that was bit, that's big for me. I've never felt that way in my entire life. I always thought I needed alcohol to be more of myself, which is obviously a low, low vibrational activity. So anyway, this girl had had knee surgery and, um, was determined to make it out. So it's, uh, Kelsey Dara is the, the girl in the article. She's the author of don't fucking panic and the host of a podcast called confidently insecure. Okay. And she had had knee surgery, which put her on her ass, right? My husband just got through that. It's no joke. And she's young for knee surgery. So who knows what's going on there? But anyway, she was on pain meds and wanted to go out for a pride celebration. Uh, So she, and this is pre-COVID, 
So she was on pain meds, started drinking at 8 a.m., ended up blacking out early in the day. And she doesn't remember a lot of what happened. But her then partner said, I'm not going to ask you to choose me or the alcohol because I don't want to know the answer. But maybe after every drink you have, pause and think, do I really need another one? Or am I just in motion? And she writes, that conversation shook me because up to that point, I had convinced myself that the idea that a liquid could control, could control me was nonsense. So here's one of my, my favorite paragraph of this article. She decided to question after every drink if she really needed to keep going. And she figured the best way to do that was with a mindful drinking journal. So for a few weeks after the pride debacle, she wrote down every drink she had and how she felt before and after each drink. She journaled following a wedding in June of 2019. And when she read it the next day, she saw that she had written about how she felt she couldn't be funny without alcohol. And she says, seeing that belief written down on paper the next day, made it all seem ridiculous. So she's been sober now for two years. Uh, so she ended up quitting, uh, quitting alcohol, uh, two years, pandemic hits. And she thinks, oh my God, uh, I'm going to hit rock bottom. This is when it's all going to end. And she goes, I started doing new things. I garden, I thrift, I do IY all over my house. I read, I play games. I wrote a book. I practice yoga. And this all took some experimentation and a lot of letting go, but I found a more authentic version of myself. I just needed to trust myself and recognize that the real me was in there all along. And I know that I'm capable and who I am is worthy, right? So wait, I know that I'm capable of, of more and who I am is worthy. And I don't fear her at all. I don't fear her at all. And that last line, you know what I mean? Like, I loved that. And I really resonated I with that. that. So I get this in the mail after I have this drink, realizing I don't really need, need to drink to have fun. So, okay, cool. I passed the test if yeah. there was one. Um, but what a beautiful exercise. What a beautiful thing to read. And maybe if you're someone who listens to this and, and was like me 201 days ago and thinks, oh my God, I could never, ever, ever make it 30 days. Maybe you just start writing down how you feel after you drink and read it. It's when actually you're sober. how I quit smoking. Shut up. Talk to me about I'm that. Good not segue. even kidding. So I did a smoking secession. Is that the word secession? Secession. Um, secession. Pro program through like, you know how at work, they give you a discount on healthcare mm. costs or whatever. So they gave you pack wraps because I'm mm. not somebody that really believes like, oh, Nicorette gum, like you're so consuming the actual drug. Correct. If that works for you, no judgment for, you. for me. Mm. I just felt like all I'm doing then is continuing my relationship with nicotine. With nicotine, right. Yeah. So a pack wrap. So you would print these out, you would put them in the cellophane and every time you smoked a cigarette, you would mark the time of day and you would write the reason why. Now I was already sober the first time from drugs and alcohol at that point when I quit smoking and I wanted a break from work. Like I had smoke buddies. I yeah, had and friends you your that friends. I talked to yeah. by smoking cigarettes. And so um, it's really interesting because it really is a mindfulness practice. It's mm. just checking in with yourself on motive and reason. And when you really see that, it seems a little ridiculous. And especially as the drinks start flowing. Oh God. Um, yes. You know, and in some cases, honestly, I mean, it's not untrue, right? Mm -hmm. I probably was funnier. I definitely was more social. <laughs> I definitely was probably nicer to strangers, but yeah. you know, I mean, I had a conversation with my person and he said something about making small talk with parents. And I'm like, yeah, be sober. Yeah. <laughs> right. Be sober. Like it's a practice and having stupid small talk with uh, people that you don't know and you don't care to know and you know it's only for a moment. And I'm like, it's a painful situation. Yeah. And I think that's probably why I liked the social lubricant the most was because it did ease into like 
you know, conversations with strangers or being in public at a party. So I definitely felt like it was a lubricant, not so much for anxiety, just for like, I don't know, being more open fast. I love that word lubricant a hundred percent. Like we are clearly amazing and beautiful and funny and smart and all these things on our own without the drugs, nicotine, alcohol, whatever it is that you use, uh, to lubricate and numb. Um, but yeah, like it does. You're right. Like definitely uh, as it relates to dealing with other people. Like when I went to that baseball game, I went up to Chicago to do the Cards Cubs game with my girlfriend, Tina, who, you know, had a couple drinks before the game, all that stuff. I was nothing, had nothing. I was so fucking annoyed because there are so many drunk people at baseball games and we were trying to get a picture out in front and guys kept coming up to us and wanting to talk to us and bothering us and normally I mean I'm like I am such a bitch like I like I am so I guess what I'm trying to say is do not if you are trying to reset your relationship with alcohol and I would highly recommend not putting yourself into the triggering situation of a baseball game, especially when that is so much of your story. Like I would go to these games and I would party and all this and that alcohol lubed that experience. It made me looser and not as stressed out. And I couldn't find a freaking bud zero to save my life. You could get them like outside of the game, but we could not find, we went to over 15 different kiosks to try and find a non-alcoholic beer for me because I just wanted the fucking taste of a beer to take the edge off. To be honest, I was Mm -hmm. getting irritated and and I knew it was going to Jedi mind trick me into just relaxing, which is also kind of fucked up. Right. Which is also a pretty big red flag that I still am not in a hundred percent the driver's seat within my relationship because if I'm freaking out that bad and jonesing that bad for a bud zero, All right, I got to stop right here. We got to talk about one of my favorite things, our listener of the week. Your reviews mean and matter so much. So you know what? I want to reward you for doing that. And this week I'm shouting out Lindsay Titus. And Lindsay writes this, this podcast has been just what I've needed. As someone who practices these qualities pretty often, I had found myself in a slump. And this podcast helped me to see clearly again. Thank you, Judy, for your ability to infuse laughter and love into each and every episode. This is now one of my go-to podcasts. Well, Lindsay, thank you so much for that. And thank you for infusing laughter and love into this badass review. And because you did that, Uh, go ahead and send me a DM on Instagram. If you're on Instagram, come find me at Judy Holler. Send me a DM. Let me know this is you. I want to mail you something special or you can email me at any time at hello at judyholler.com to claim your prize. And if you want to be our next listener of the week, all you got to do is leave a review on iTunes. Yo, it's that easy. Well, and you have to also think about the fact that you're not necessarily aggravated because you're jonesing for something like your tolerance, your tolerance in those situations when you're drinking is you almost tune out, right? Like when you're drinking, you're zoned in on your party and like the people you're with. And when you're not drinking, you're zoned out because everyone around you, you're hyper aware of. That's a great point. Right. So like, like, am I just like freaking out? I've never been like that. I'm like, oh my God, do I have a problem? And then I could tell the person I was with, you know, she was like, wow, geez. And I'm like, well, you're all happy because you've had two glasses of wine. You're feeling good. You're flirting with all the guys and having a good old time, you know, good for you, but I'm about to lose my mind. And then it started raining. I, it was not, I, it was not a good experience. I, I, I'm good on that. Unless I'm with someone, nothing against my lovely friend who I adore. I just need to be, I, 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 I mean, honestly, it's time. not that much fun, right? It's not so fun. We, attend, like, we attend things like concerts and football games and baseball games and many other things. I mean, and we do it because it's a place to drink. It's not actually that we're going there to like watch baseball, baseball, I mean, baseball games like and booze. Boring. Right. You're going there to drink. Like you're going there to party. Like that's the, 
that's why people like, I always laugh like golfers. I, I mean, my dad's a golfer. He doesn't drink. He takes golfing very, very seriously. Yeah. But there are many people that golf cause it's a reason to day drink. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> like, right. That's there's true. people that do things just because it's a way to incorporate drinking into right. their day. And, um, again, if that's, I was the same way. I don't want to go to a baseball game. Baseball's terrible. It's not my jam. I'll watch yeah. football on TV, but I don't want to go to a football game because yeah. it also, we've talked about this before. It's that in a, your inhibitions. So everybody's inhibitions are going down. You're watching chaos ensue around you. And you're like, we need to get out of here. Yeah. We're going to end up in a situation <sighs> here. And everybody else like, what are you worried about? What are you oh worried God. about? You're such a bore. I know. And it's like, I just, can't, I just, it was not, it was not, yeah. the, I was a little on edge. So, you know, um, I, I think that that is going to be something I do, um, uh, you know, only only if I feel down the line that I can have a couple cocktails and, and enjoy it because I need a lube to be able to deal with that. I'll tell you that much. It is not fun to be sober in situations like that. Um, and I really, you know, I almost, and the looks I got from people when I was asking like these bartenders, I'm like, uh, do you have any non-alcoholic? And they were like, what? I mean, the right. way I, the people, I mean, it's just, and fine, I'm kind of over that now, but yeah, that was annoying and kind of disappointing. And it made me feel like something was wrong with me. And I'm like, no, it's actually the, I mean, I've just put myself into a very toxic environment and, you know, not, not that the people that go to baseball games are toxic. No, God love it. They're good for right. you. Yeah, like, yeah, let's yeah. go. No. But uh, if you're trying to reevaluate your relationship with alcohol and you're new in that journey, a baseball game is probably not a great place to be especially yeah. if you loved to get day drunk at baseball games, like most of your life, which was your girl. Right. So that was tough for me. And there was a bit of a morning last thing I'll say, because I want to have a conversation with you about Rose deodorant and, um, you know, we've got to have a conversation <laughs> about that. Deodorant. But, um, yeah, it, it's, 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 yeah, I'll just be done with that. I digress. It's just, it's just a really, you, you start to think like there's something wrong with you. You know what I mean? Like, but at the same time, um, there's nothing wrong with me. You know, I, I, I'm just proud that I am at least looking at these things in my life because so many times you just do what you do because it's what you've always done. And that's the way I've done it. I mean, baseball games have been freaking it's a, it was a massive trigger for me. And yeah. so it was kind of sad too, That's because it really made, I, I, I kind of guess what I'm trying to say is I'm, I'm mourning. It's, there's like a little bit of a mourning. Like it was really kind of depressing to be there because I'm still not, I was like, oh my God, will I ever be able to go to a baseball game again and have fun? And I don't know, like, isn't that fucked up? Like, that's how I felt. I was like, oh my God, I'll never, like, it was almost like letting go of a little part of my life that yeah. used to be yeah. so important to me. Yes. Air quotes. I totally understand. But I, I like this so much better than I like that. Yeah. So I choose this, but I did have to like mourn it a little bit. It was kind of sad and depressing. Uh, I, I'm six years in and I think that recently, and I don't know if it's because I've been way more open about sobriety. So I have many more conversations with people about it, but I'm more and more disgusted <laughs> by all of it. And I feel in some ways that that's creating what feels like judgment to other people, but it's like, what's happened to me is number one, I'm just over the normalization of it. It is so, it is ruining families. It is ruining mm -hmm. lives. It is killing people. Third leading cause of death in yeah. the United States. No is one talks alcohol. about that. And that's only when it's on really your death certificate. Like think right. about that wreck. So I'm just, I think it's so funny that like, we're so normalized. This is so incredibly normalized that you just went to a baseball game. Yeah. Which I went to as a child. I thought it was a wholesome family. Oh, experience, I used to live for right? yeah, yes. Pete Rose. I mean, I oh grew up God. in Cincinnati. Like, Smith. And, like <laughs> we would go and do, and I, what has happened now is it's a place where people go and become sloppy versions of themselves. And I find that sad. 
right? Like I find that we have to bring a substance in to every single place that we go. To every celebration, to every good thing. Why? Why can't it just be? And this isn't to say that everybody at a baseball game is sloppy and drunk and disgusting by no means, but that is the norm. That is the norm. So if you look at toxic, like, you know, you're talking about it as a trigger. Like if you really look at it at, in it from a sober lens, and I don't mean like sober, like in recovery, I mean, as in you're not drinking and you look around problem or not, you can identify. I mean, when I stopped drinking, I would be at bars. Um, and I would be like, young lady, like, are you okay? right? Because you just see the toxicity. Mm-hmm. You see the danger in how people's behavior, because they're unaware of motives or intentions of yeah. other people like that's, And it's just crazy to me that you're like, there's something wrong with me. No, there's something wrong with the world. Right. Isn't it fucked up? Instructed you that you're wrong because you're not going to get litty titty at the game. Right. You know, and then I'm like pissed at myself. I'm like, I should be able, like, (laughs) I know this. And then I'm like, why am I letting it ruin my time? Like, why am I? annoyed by this. It sucks. It just, it's, but yeah, I want you. So this is like a great segue to one little thing we've got to touch on today. So I'm scrolling through Instagram and I send Amanda a screenshot of an ad I got for a deodorant by native. It's like a holistic, a holistic, holistic or whatever it is, clean non-GMO deodorant, aluminum free. And it is rosé all day flavored deodorant. And I'm like thinking to myself, you gotta be fucking kidding me. There are rosé flavored deodorants. Okay. This is the person who is currently not having alcohol, right? Reevaluating her relationship. Maybe I, what if I was deep in sobriety? What if I was in recovery? What if I had just wrecked my car the night before and an ad pops up on Instagram, but Ooh, we got Rose all day under my armpits. Like this is fucked up. And then Amanda sends me a text (laughs) two days later. She's freaking grocery shopping, grocery shopping, motherfucking grocery shopping. And it is strawberries, right? Amanda? Yes. Strawberries. Rosé bubbles, strawberries, rosé strawberries. Like put them in your rosé. Like they're light pink, and they were. I did buy them, and I mean, obviously they didn't have rosé, but they were actually quite delicious. But like we, I in my conversations with people, you and I have talked about it. Like there's a lot of blaming of big alcohol, but the truth of the matter is, this problem it is so much bigger because it's the mass market. It's a mommy. Uh, sippy cups, right? Oh, yeah. For your wine. Yeah. And it's yeah. uh, wine all day t-shirts at Target or, know. you know, it, know, it's just everywhere. I mean, you go to places and it's bottomless mimosas. Who in God's green earth needs bottomless mimosas at 11 a.m. on a Sunday? Right. It right. sounds like a recipe for disaster. <laughs> yeah. And if you don't there yet, there's something wrong with you. It's like the thing I always come back to is it's the only drug you quit that people like, it's the only drug you quit that people ask you like, why, right. That you have to explain why you quit. Like nobody asks you why you quit cigarettes. Nobody asks you why you laid down your opioid addiction. No one asks you why you quit the crystal meth, not you, Amanda, but like, you know what I mean? No one asks you why. Oh, hey, of course, of course you quit heroin. Of course you quit meth. Of course you quit cigarettes, right? We know this is bad for us, but this is, this is not the case with alcohol. And, um, that is some fucked, I mean, rosé deodorant and here's a healthy fruit. And so, you know, ask someone, Amanda, like you are in recovery from yes. some deep and serious addictions. Yes, absolutely. Can I have you been just hospitalized, hospitalized pro, like the whole thing. So tell everyone listening about your gas station. Yeah. A hundred percent analogy annoying because I've never looked at a gas station the same again. And yeah, and you shouldn't. So here is like, here is a micro, like this is just a micro look at our problem. If you walk into a gas station, which is a required place to visit, we can pay at the pump or whatever. Um, but you need gas, right? right? So if you go into a gas station, it is a reservoir for any addiction, Mm -hmm. your rolling papers, 
your blunt wrappers, your cigarettes, your lottery, your wine, your cheap vodka, your beer, your donuts, ATM to go get that cash. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Your candy, your chips. Like there is nothing inside of a gas station that is not a tempting place. Like, I mean, it's all just right there and you might not struggle with all of it, but you might struggle with some of it. Mm. And, you know, it's like, if you walk into a convenience store, it's the same thing. Like convenient for what? Convenience. Isn't that an ironic name? Yeah. I mean, it's convenient for your addiction. I know that. And, you know, depending on the city you live in, obviously your stores are a little bit different. Yeah. You know, you're dealing with a little bit, um, you know, maybe smaller mom and pops, but on the whole gas stations and Mm -mm. it's just the normalization. And I think that it's the conversations that we're having and we will continue to have regardless of the journey you're on. I know that this is important work. I know in my soul, because there are people that send us notes that they have 111 days or they have completely re-examined or they were afraid to look Look at at the relationship with alcohol. That was me forever. Have so, I mean, I have goosebumps. There's so many people that are looking at us and saying, oh, you look like me yeah." because you know, the picture of the alcoholic that we see in movies is a disaster and on the Mm -hmm. streets. And that's not what an alcoholic or somebody that struggles with their relationship with alcohol looks like. They look like you, they look like you, the listener. I'm confident that, you know, someone, um, I, you know, I'm a big, uh, follower of Laura McCowan who wrote, Mm. we are the luckiest. And she made a post and I know that this is kind of a long episode, but I want to read it because it kind of drives home. Another reason why probably I feel a little disgusted as I have a niece that's, you know, becoming a teenager that's turning 13, Mm. that's going to enter high school shortly and trigger age. age. Oh, and like, you know, they're already dealing with people being mean to them on social and their bodies being picked apart at every stage of their lives. I mean, we didn't deal with that. Um, and Laura has a daughter. So Laura McCowan posted a picture of an Axios article Um, about the rise in women's drinking. And this Mm. was the caption she wrote. She said, my daughter told me last night that some of her older friends have started drinking White Claw, one of the many alcohol-based seltzers out there now. She's 12 and the older friends are 13. We live in an affluent, educated town. Now she asterisks that because it's happening everywhere and she was trying to drive home a point. This makes me want to scream. Why do they think it's no big deal? Because it is everywhere in grocery stores and convenience stores, at every restaurant, every barbecue, at every birthday, at home and at the beach. It looks just like a seltzer because big alcohol is not stupid. They found a new market and they're seizing on that like mad. When kids see adults doing something consistently without hesitation and joyfully, they think it's normal. They think it's a foregone conclusion that adults drink alcohol. It's not new that teens try booze. What is new is alcohol is more ubiquitous than ever. About 15 years ago, big alcohol started marketing to women and moms, and that made drinking look entirely different to kids. AUD, uh, alcohol use disorder, has gone up by 87% in women in the past 10 years. It is now the third leading cause of death in the U.S. It's an epidemic, and yet still other problematic we still only call problematic drinking if people are alcoholics and are the only ones and alcoholics are the only ones who struggle when problematic drinking is a very wide gray spectrum. Chances are more people, you know, drink problematically than not. If you're struggling, you are not alone and you're not messed up. This is the alcohol industry is, and we've, and the way we've come to see it is we've been deluded into thinking of alcohol as something other than a drug because we put it in pretty packages and sell it (laughs) everywhere, but it's not, it's a drug and it ruins people and families everywhere all the time, all the time, all All the the time. time. 
I remember seeing that. I remember you DMing it to me. I think you sent it mm-hmm. to me in a DM or maybe you posted it on your stories so. and it was mm-hmm. so big. And I was that girl, right? Like, you know, yeah. I like, I remember in high school, like, you know, and I think now it's even more prevalent, but you're right. Like, cl- why do you think they make club soda drinks? It looks like a freaking LaCroix. Like, you right. know, we're, and, and yeah, and we, we are watching. It's so funny the other day um, before Sam went off to school in Dayton, you know, we were just having a conversation. He doesn't really drink and his girlfriend, uh, they're 21 and she has decided to stop drinking and she, hi, Alex listens to this show, (laughs) which is amazing. So can you imagine being her age and conscious and awake to the fact that it doesn't help her mentally? It does not help her anxiety. It does not help her with comparison and imposter syndrome and grades in school and all this stuff. So her and Sam, don't drink when they go out and all this stuff. But we were having this conversation and I, you know, just back about when I kind of let everybody know that I had decided to take a break from alcohol and I was just going to really take a look at my, my relationship and I've stopped drinking and uh, that I'm on this journey. And, and one of the things that came up and it's amazing how they're watching. He's like, well, that's great. That's great. And they're like, yeah, you guys pretty much every night, every night, you guys always go for your wine. You always go for that wine. And he was yes. like making a joke and I'm not saying it right, but they are watching what you put yes. in your cup and fine. Some of us can have the glass of wine once, twice a week, whatever that looks like for you, but most people can't. And yeah. so we have to, if you are sitting there and you're feeling like me and you're not in deep addiction and you're not in recovery, different story. If you are, and you feel like you want to take that drink, make sure you are ready. Make sure you have enough time, uh, you know, that you are deeply disconnected enough to be able to reset. Because if you do not feel like you are, I would caution you, but also, um, to know that if you do that, that's how quick it can begin again. Like we, this yeah. is a drug. Oh. This is a drug. And I knew that when I had that glass of wine, that I was making a choice to repoison the system. Yes. And, and when they you say, they say, when you to, think of it that way, it's, a, yeah. it's different. It is different. And here's the thing, you know, drinking is a catch-all for everything, right? For happiness, for sadness, for joy, for grief, for celebration, for casual brunches right? It's invited. We invite alcohol into everything. And if you look at alcohol for what it is, which is a drug, and I'm going to, I don't have any shame in saying that. I don't care if you have a problem or you don't have a problem. It is a drug and you're ingesting it. Would you invite a joint to sit at your kid's birthday party? Would you invite someone to snort a line of cocaine? No. at your child's birthday party. No, that's because seems that's ridiculous. what you're inviting. It seems yeah. ridiculous. Yet yeah. it's completely normal for alcohol to be invited in pretty packages. And if you have, you know, addiction is activated, which I believe it, it is my personal belief that it can be activated in anyone, mm. uh, but it's, uh, it's three rings, you know, and when you hit that sweet spot, it's availability, it's use and it's repetition. Mm, so it has that. to be available to you. Okay. You have to ingest it and in repetition yeah. at some point with anyone, with right. any drug, you're going to reach a place where you have physical and mental dependence on it. Yeah. I mean, that's just, that's what it's intended to do, right? Like when there was the opioid crisis, the intention was for people to get addicted to a drug so that they needed more prescriptions and they could sell more drugs, right? Like right. it's addictive. There's many addictive substances that are sold and their purpose is to get the consumer because of marketing or whatever interested use available repetition. Unbelievable. That I think that's a beautiful way to put a pin in it. And let me tell you something. Uh, this is a big conversation. It's a scary conversation. It's a hard conversation. And I refused, I think my personal opinion and the way like I refuse, like I own my narrative. I own the power. And I think um, until, and I don't know what that looks like. You know what I mean? Even (laughs) me sitting here right now, like I just refuse to allow myself to feel like a failure because you know what I mean? Because I, because I, I will not give it that power. I will not. So 
don't, it's like, Judy, then don't give it that power, right? Don't give it that power. And I, and I feel like I did. Um, so how do we begin again and take our power back while still honoring the journey that we're on? But I think no matter what my perspective has been forever changed on, on alcohol and consumption of it. And, um, for that, I am so goddamn grateful because I love, I love this life. I love this vibration. I love this, this radio station, this frequency that I'm on, and I will not allow anything to take it from me, you know? And I want to, I want to hear from you listening, like where the fuck are you at on this journey? You know, talk to Amanda and I, you can email us Yes. At, at any time. Hello at judyholler.com is a great place to do that. We'll link up to both of our Instagrams in the show notes. But like, what do you want to hear us talk about? Like, have you fallen off the proverbial wagon? Did you have a drink? Have you not had a drink? Are you embarrassed to like, what, what could we talk about with you next? I mean, there are a million directions, Amanda, and I could go like, do you feel some shame? Do you feel scared to start? You know, are you an addict? Are you figure? are you curious about where to find recovery and where to find help. My goodness, Amanda is, I mean, you've got two people here on the mic oh. with you. One that is six years into a, a, a journey of deep sobriety and recovery and someone who is a couple hundred days into a redefinition of what her relationship with alcohol looks like. And both of us have been uh, forever changed because of both experiences. So Fuck, talk to us. What do you yeah. want to hear us talk about? You know? So I do have to say this before we kind of end the show again, your honesty is yeah. encouraging. Yeah. And you know, this conversation with you and you being honest and I get Scott wanting to protect you, but you are changing lives by being transparent. We, 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 we. and you know, what you said kind of cements the truth, you know, in new sobriety. They talk about, you know, day one, day one, uh, Dak Shepard has a brilliant podcast, by the way, I love his link podcast. To it in show yeah. notes about yeah. his, uh, relapse. And I loved that yeah. one. Oh, wow. So you had a drink. And so do you start over? And, you know, in old sobriety, it was like, oh, you got to start over. You're back at step one, da, da, da bullshit. You had 200 days. You have changed. 201. You are not it. the same person. Mm-hmm at 201 days without alcohol that you were at three days. So, you know, for those of you that are struggling or you have stumbled or, you know, you can always start again and you never lose, you never lose the recovery you had. I mean, I drank again, but I still had periods of long sobriety and that matters because when you have that distance between you that person that drank regularly every day, whatever binge drank on the weekends, whatever it is for you and the person that doesn't, and that new relationship is built, you will never go back to that because you know better because you feel better because mm. you operate better. So, yeah. And when that happens, we, we do better. <laughs> Thank you That's so right. much. That's right. Yeah, it's, it's great. And we've always talked about that. Like, you know, I've always said, you know, my goal was to to, to go for a year and to see what this, a year of alcohol free living would look like. And, um, you know, fine. Okay. I had a drink, but I'm still in my year of alcohol free living. Essentially. I, um, did not do what Judy would have normally done on a weekend with her girlfriends. And that is a big fucking win. In my opinion, like I have obviously reset something in myself and I am so proud of that. I am so proud of that. We seek progress, not perfection. Damn right. Damn right. And so this is the place uh, to come for that. And so thank you for being a safe place and thank you for not being disappointed in me. Maybe you're a little disappointed. I'm not disappointed in you when somebody brings their honest truth, like hiding it and finding out like that's where disappointment leads in truth, honesty, vulnerability. I mean, I'm proud of you. Like I almost called you that weekend. I was like, (laughs) what do I do? I'm going to, how do I do my, should I tell everybody I would, can we do a podcast episode right now? Uh, But yeah, I just, you know, and I want everybody to, you know, of course, you know, I, I want, I want, I want to inspire people just like you do. And I want people to feel proud of me. Um, but I, 
I never want you to define who you are and what you do based off of my actions. I mean, your journey is your journey. My journey is my journey. But what I can give you every single week is the honest to God truth. I will meet you where I'm at. I will stumble with you. I will fall with you. I will get it wrong with you. I will get it right with you. But I will tell you this much, no matter what, whether I have another drink, whether I have two drinks, who knows what, I have no idea what tomorrow will hold, but I will tell you this, uh, one thing I know for certain with, with every bone in my body is that I will forever, forever be different. Yeah. As it, as it comes to my relationship with alcohol and substance, because where I'm at right now and the Judy that I am right now is so fucking high vibe that man that nothing is worth giving that away nothing is worth giving i feel like i won the lottery and uh yeah i choose me i choose me so here we go perfect way to go yeah perfect way to go why choose listeners choose yourself today too damn right damn right well we can't wait to see you guys again uh and be here with you again in a couple of weeks amanda and i will be back right here on the yes and podcast with another gin and juice series talk to us again dm us on instagram all the things that we talked about today are in the show notes email us anytime at hello at judyholler.com honestly what was your biggest takeaway give us your aha moments send us some good vibes words of encouragement show ideas topics what the fuck do you want us to talk about we <laughs> are here for you we'll keep telling our stories and sharing our triumphs and uh moving forward just like you are doing so thank you for listening thank you for sharing thank you for reviewing and gosh until next week you know stay high vibe yeah. try and stay sober and right. uh i don't know we need and like I'm a really good again. sign off keep opening that door Oh, the possibility. Possibility, baby. We'll see you in a little while. Bye, guys. Bye.